Welcome to Keep You 100 Radio. I'm your host, Felicity Pointer, type 1 diabetic, certified health coach, personal trainer, and founder of Needles and Spoons Health and Wellness. Inside this podcast, you'll find the real and raw conversations around diabetes management, including the lessons that we don't learn in our endos office, my best tips and trainings, and conversations from the experts that I trust inside the community so that you can create more predictability in your diabetes management and feel empowered while doing so. Let's dive in. Keep 100 Radio is brought to you in collaboration with SkinGrip, the only patch company that I trust with my diabetes devices. I started using SkinGrip about two years ago, and before I found them, my Dexcom would last maybe four or five days before falling off, making it really hard to lift weights, hike with my dogs, or just wanting to do the everyday things that I love. But now I can confidently travel, work out, and navigate life with diabetes without having to worry about dealing with insurance more than I have to, begging for replacements, and resorting to finger parts. Plus, I'm in love with their mission to help us live fearlessly with diabetes. You can check out SkinGrip at SkinGrip.com and save 10% on your order by using the code LISSIE, L-I-S-S-I-E, at checkout. All right, we are live. Hey guys, how is everyone? Have not been live in the Facebook group for a little while, so I'm super excited to be back. Um, so I will give everybody a few seconds to join, um, but just before we get started, just be aware that um, I'm feeling a little under the weather, a little stuffy, have some allergies going on. So if I sound a little bit nasally, if I, uh, you know, sniffle a little bit, just bear with me. That's what we're working with. But just a quick hello and welcome. I'm really excited for today's topic. Um, In today's conversation, uh, we're going live in our community Facebook group, but this is also being recorded as a podcast episode for Keep 100 Radio. So if you're listening live inside the Facebook group, hello, just give me a hey or what's up in the comments so that I know you're there. You might see me shifting, uh, looking at different screens so I can see your comments and questions. Um, And if you're listening to the podcast, welcome back to Keep 100 Radio. Um, If you haven't already, go ahead and join our free Facebook group, uh, the T1D Judgment Free Zone, for all of our live training support and resources that are completely free. So in today's conversation, I'm going to be taking you through my time away for 21 days and taking you through how I maintained an 80% time and range through all the variability that came with it. So, I mean, if there's anything that we know, it's that situations that are out of our routine, such as traveling, vacations, holidays, these can be really overwhelming, especially when we're living with type 1 diabetes. So if you've been following me on Instagram, then you know that in the middle of March last month, uh, my fiance and I set out for a 21-day road trip across the U.S. And yeah, that still feels weird to say. Um, I will be telling that story here too, don't don't worry. Um, But essentially, we started our trip from New Jersey and we traveled to Nashville, Dallas, Albuquerque, the Grand Canyon, Sedona, Joshua Tree, Death Valley, Las Vegas, Zion, Bryce Canyon, uh, Moab, and Mesa Verde in Colorado. And then we spent three days traveling back home through the Midwest. So it was a long trip and there was definitely a lot of changes in food, activity, environment, weather, elevation, literally everything in between. So what I'm going to be doing today is breaking this training down into three things that I really focused on in order to navigate all of this. And I'll also end the show on kind of how I prepared as far as supplies, because that's a big question that I've been getting when talking about this trip. 
Um, but I also want to preface that when going into these high variability areas, so when going into traveling or vacations or anything in between, you definitely want to sit down with your medical provider first, um, because not only will they help you with prescriptions and all those things, but they will add a lot of clarity on how to manage the insulin dosing part of things. So your regular dosing, temp basils, time zone changes, and all of that. So um, just prefacing with that, and if you have any questions along the way, definitely leave it uh, in the comments if you're in the Facebook group, and I will answer them at the end. So like I mentioned, our trip consisted of 21 days. Um, so that was 6,000 miles, eight national parks, one state park, and about 163,000 steps. So it was a lot to navigate, um, but I'll be completely honest in that diabetes was not at the the forefront of my mind the entire time. I considered it obviously in every activity, every hike, every night, every drive, yes, but it wasn't consuming all of my mental energy. And that's kind of where I think that freedom with diabetes really comes in. And that's what it looks like. Because when we think of scenarios like this, there's kind of three ways that we typically go about it. So um, the way number one is that we put diabetes completely on the back burner because we want to make sure that we can stay in the present, right? And in turn, our blood sugars usually feel a little uncontrollable. Maybe we're sitting higher. Maybe we're seeing more fluctuations. Overall, just not really what we would typically see in a normal day to day. Then there's number two we feel consumed by our diabetes and our blood sugars. Um, so they eat up all of our attention. So we really can't focus on the present moment. We are just focusing on what's happening with our blood sugars, our insulin management, our food, and all of that. Um, and then there is option number three. This option, we have all the tools in our back pocket and we can feel prepared for what's coming next and take a more proactive approach. It might not be perfect all the time. Our blood sugars are not going to stay at 100 or 5.5 all the time, but we can kind of see what's coming and we can use the tools that we have when something happens. And what I want you to leave with today after this training is um, all those tools that allow you to step into option number three. Um, so the first thing I had to consider in all of this was, you know, obviously there's a lot of planning, uh, outside of diabetes. <laughs> there is financial planning. There is what car you're going to take, where you're going to stay, what, where, what parts you want to visit, all of those things. Um, but when it comes to, you know, the diabetes aspect of it, there's a lot also to focus on, um, because I knew that we were going to be in very different environments. We we're going to be going through a lot of different activities, uh, even just from a day-to-day -day basis, things were going to switch a lot. So I had to understand how this was going to affect my insulin sensitivity. So for example, we had a few days where we would be sitting in the car for like 10 plus hours at a time, which was exhausting, but God bless Jordan. He loves driving. Um, but we also had those days where we were hiking six plus miles at a time. So like the Grand Canyon, Zion, um, Arches, all these national parks. And we know as a collective that each scenario is going to impact our blood sugars very differently. It's just how we prepare for those things and how we take action on them. So number one, be above everything else, this comes down to understanding our body's patterns and trends. Um, but along with that, also understanding your body's insulin needs with both. Now, this does come with experience, but this also comes with a lot of trial and error and, uh, you know, getting curious about your body. 
So in this time, I didn't judge my body for what it needed. <laughs> there were times where my body needed a lot more insulin, uh, like sitting in the car. And there was uh, times where it needed a lot less. And I didn't judge it either way. But at a very you know basic level, I kind of walked into the scenario of knowing that I'd be more resistant during those car rides because you're sitting for 10 plus hours for days at a time. And I figured I'd be more sensitive during those more active days. That's kind of what my experiences have told me. And that's what I walked into um, knowing uh, in this scenario. So when it came to the car rides, I knew that I might be fighting more stubborn high blood sugars. I might need to intervene a little bit more. So I used a few different tools for this. And I'm very much a person who doesn't believe just one tool for one scenario. I think that the more tools that you have and you know how to use, you actually have more flexibility in deciding what's appropriate at what time. So for instance, like the car rides, some of the tools that I use, you know, I had to do a lot of increased temp basils because, you know, my body's baseline was just a little bit more. I needed more insulin at that time. I also needed a little bit more insulin in my carb ratios for the food that I was eating. Um, and then along with that, you want to think of outside of insulin management. How can I support my body during this time of more resistance or more stress? So some things that I used for those was number one, water. Hydration is going to be your best friend when you have stubborn high blood sugars. I know that you hear it from your doctors all the time. You know, if your blood sugar is high, take your correction, drink water, but it literally makes all the difference. So not only water, but focusing on those fiber focused snacks. So when we were packing for our car ride, I'll uh, go into this a little bit later, but I made sure to have a lot of fruit. Um, so like mandarins, bananas, apples. And I know that there can be some, uh, like sometimes we're scared to eat the, those things because like they have more sugar and they can spike our blood sugar, but they're actually like really solid for fiber. Um, so those were some things that I made sure to include in along with uh, making sure that my body was hydrated, making sure that I was moving my body as much as I could during those, those uh, like the gas station stops. Um, and then on the other end, we had those times where like I was a lot more insulin sensitive. So for example, we went on a lot of hikes. <laughs> um, we visited a lot of national parks. So there was a lot of trails, a lot of walking opportunities. So for things like this, you know, some of the tools that I was able to use were minimizing insulin on board so that I wouldn't have big dramatic uh, drops in my blood sugars, decreased temp basils and more protein focused snacks to try and keep my blood sugars uh, just more stable than I normally would have. Um, so I'll kind of take the Grand Canyon as an example, because this was definitely our most strenuous hike. Uh, this was a six mile long hike, uh, about three point something miles there and back. There was a like dramatic elevation. If you've ever been to the Grand Canyon, then you know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, we did the uh, South Kaibab Trail, if you've ever been there. So it was pretty long and it was very strenuous. <laughs> so I'm going to kind of take you through my decision-making patterns and my personal strategy, but just note that you should never base your decisions off of mine. This is just kind of me walking you through my decision-making patterns in that time. So the morning of the Grand Canyon, we knew that we wanted to go pretty early. We wanted to get to the trail around 7 or 8 a.m. Um, I think it ended up being more around 8 a.m. because it was snowing, <laughs> of course, like it was beautiful in New Jersey, but it's snowing at the Grand Canyon. Um, so we, we noticed we, uh, we went a little bit later. 
But the morning that I woke up, um, I, first of all, I woke up at like four or five in the morning. I was not that hungry. So I kept my breakfast pretty light, but I centered it around uh, the PFF method that we, that Jess, our co-coach teaches inside of T 100. So I made sure that this was based off of protein. I wanted to include some fiber and obviously some carbs. Um, so I believe I had like one or two hard boiled eggs and then like one or two mandarins just to make sure that my blood sugar is to be a little bit a little bit on the higher side, but I didn't want them going too high. Um, and then along with this, I made sure to do a decreased temp basil about two. I started about an hour before the initial point of the hike when we would be leaving. Um, this backfired me on me a little bit, not going to lie, because we actually ended up going to the hike about an hour later because of the snow. Um, so my blood sugars did creep up to the low 200s before the hike even started. But to be honest, that actually held me up pretty well. Throughout the entire hike, I was kind of like 190s, 200s. Um, and then until we stopped for lunch, uh, which then I had a little bit of a bolus for my peanut butter sandwich. And I did actually end up going a little bit low after that. But, you know, I didn't have to worry about low snacks for the more majority of the time. I was able to enjoy the hike and I was able to enjoy the proposal. <laughs> um, there's a point called uh, Ua Point uh, or Ua Look Lookout. It's like where you look out and everyone's like, Ooh, ah. Um, and that's actually where like we, we went up, we're going to just get a, a picture on one of the rocks there because the view is absolutely gorgeous. And uh, so I take a picture of Jordan and then he like goes and takes a picture of me. And he's like, let's just get one together. I'm like, yeah, you're right. Like, let's, let's do that. Um, and then, so he gives his phone to like a random guy, like really hoping for the best that he would get like some good pictures. And uh, so we get a good picture on the rock and then he's like, wait, one more. Um, and then he, he turns, it's funny, like he starts turning and I'm like turning with him. Cause I'm like, oh, he wants to get another picture. So I'm like turning my body. He's like, no, stop. <laughs> and this guy actually knew well enough to like turn the, the phone on video. Um, so like he, 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 he got it. Like he got the proposal on video. Like Jordan didn't have to tell him or anything. It was just this random guy. And of course he like has his two fingers on the the phone or we think that's what happens because like the whole video is so blurry it kind of like goes in and out of focus so that part didn't go too well but um it was really nice it's really sweet there are other people around like they start clapping and like I'm a really awkward person so I'm like ah what's going on <laughs> um but it was really uh just an incredible view and um great hike um but uh, all to say that like during that hike, I really didn't have to worry about my blood sugars too much. Um, and I got to actually enjoy the experience. And I think that's kind of what we all want in these moments, no matter what's going on. Uh, we really want to enjoy the experience at hand and be able to stay present rather than constantly having to take out our phone, hear alarms, make adjustments to our insulin, uh, eat low snacks. That's really frustrating when all you want to do is enjoy the views, enjoy the hike, enjoy the experience. Um, so that's kind of like how that whole, whole hike kind of worked out. Uh, yes, in some ways it didn't go exactly how I wanted it to, but I also felt very prepared and intentional in those decisions. And that's really what it comes down to is making decisions out of mindfulness and intention and out of knowing your body's patterns. Um, so that's just one example. We did a few other heights, uh, but really for the most part, like, might've had some lows here or there, but like, really like it's possible to do these things without just dropping low all the time. It's just all about your strategy that you're using. 
Um, so that's that's number one. That is number one thing that I focused on was really understanding how my insulin sensitivity and resistance would change throughout the entirety of the trip and doing my best to be very, very intentional about that. So number two, what I really tried to focus on was controlling what I could, but not getting caught up in what I couldn't. So like I mentioned, like there were a lot of different things that were going on um, throughout the trip. Like, you know, you're, you're eating different foods, you're staying in different environments. Um, you are, you know, different elevations, all those things, Like there's a lot going on. So you can't control everything. An ideal scenario, like routine can help our blood sugars to a certain extent. Um, but I don't even believe in that statement so much. I just believe it's that we know how to handle routine. We don't always know how to handle things that are outside of our routine. So just knowing how to work with what's outside of your routine and controlling what you can and working with what you can. So I'll use that in a few different examples. Um, so example, like on the car ride and uh, even at different restaurants and everything, or when we were grocery shopping for the Airbnbs to get meals, uh, I really tried to center things around balance. Could I always control what uh, type of foods were available or like what uh, meal selections there were? Like we had a lot of issues with even like all of our Airbnbs only had microwaves. There was no like stovetops or anything. So we were kind of limited in that sense. Um, but instead of getting really caught up in, oh, I have no idea what I'm going to eat today or um, kind of get, getting worried on that end, I really made sure to shift my focus to more of like, how can I incorporate a balance that works for my body and blood sugars and work with that? So again, like I mentioned, inside of TV 100, inside of this Facebook group, even um, my co-coach Jess, who's a registered dietitian, she talks a lot about the PFF method. So protein, fat, and fiber. So instead of getting caught up in, I don't know exactly what meal I'm going to have and the contents of it, I made sure to focus on the macronutrient balance of it. So whether we were eating out at like a taco place or whatever it was, I made sure that my meals really incorporated that balance so that I could navigate it as much as I could, even if I didn't know the exact carb count, even if I didn't know exactly all the ingredients, it was still okay. Um, another thing you know, controlling what you can, like moving when I could. So for example, like the car rides, like 10 plus hours in a car is a long time. Um, so in that, like, you're really not moving, you're really limited on space. Um, so one thing that I really tried to do was using those gas breaks or bathroom breaks very intentionally. So either doing a lap around the parking lot or like doing a few stretches or just like getting any movement and like going outside when I could, because not only like it was beautiful weather, like the vitamin D definitely did a lot for me, um, but just kind of moving around and using movement as a tool in that sense. I never feel pressured to move my body. I just use it when, you know, first of all, I want to to stretch my legs, but also when I know that it can uh, support me in the next few hours of that trip. Um, I didn't do this too often, but in the hotels, sometimes we had access to a little hotel gym. Um, I only did this like once or twice, but I did do a workout at the end of the day uh, just because I knew that the next day would be sitting a lot more. At that point, I was itching to move too. So like Jordan and I went to the hotel gym and we just did a little like body weight workout, nothing crazy, just moving my body for fun, nothing too structured. So moving when I could, really adding things in when possible. And then another thing is getting good quality of sleep, especially like even when we don't think of vacations or time away as 
stressful, um, it's our body still is under stress. Our body's under environmental stress. Um, you know, there's, there's always some kind of stress that it's under. So the best way to combat stress is by getting your body in a more rest and digest state. So sleeping is the best way to do this. So every night I really made sure to prioritize getting a quality sleep. Now this backfired the night before we left. (laughs) I could not sleep for the life of me. I think I got two and a half hours of sleep maybe that night. Um, So that, that didn't work out well, but on the days that we were hiking a lot on days that we had early mornings because we had to leave to drive. Like I really made sure to prioritize those eight plus hours of sleep. When I wasn't driving, I took a nap, you know, really prioritizing that rest when possible. Um, so again, number two, controlling what you can, but not getting caught up in what you can't control, just keeping that balance. And then number three, I, I prepared going into it so that I didn't have to overstress during. So people with diabetes, we are notorious for overpacking. And there's a reason for that. Obviously we need our supplies. Um, but there was other ways that I did this as well. So, uh, number one, like we packed a pretty big cooler, uh, full of like meals and snacks for the drive out. And I used that to get very intentional. So with that, I made sure to pack, you know, meals and snacks that would not only support my blood sugar, but my energy. I wanted to make sure that I was feeling full. I was feeling satisfied and I was feeling energized because when we don't have that, yes, sometimes we lean on things that may not make us feel our best. So I wanted to make sure I was very intentional about those snacks and meals. So things that I did, I packed, uh, overnight oats. Uh, those were, those came in clucked, not gonna lie. Uh, we, we just packed them in little mason jars and bought like plastic spoons. Um, and they were great, like having oats. And I think I put Greek yogurt in it, some protein powder, uh, fruit, just things that were refreshing and felt good. Um, we also packed hard boiled eggs for protein. Um, again, like all those fruits, we packed mandarins, apples, bananas, um, peanut butter sandwiches for lunch, uh, different things like that, that I just knew would make my body feel good. Um, and make my blood sugars, uh, you know, easier to manage than otherwise. Um, and then of course we're notorious for overpacking low supplies. So again, I just didn't want to run into a situation, especially in the national parks when there are more limited, uh, places to go. Sometimes things are really far drives. So like for instance, Joshua tree and death Valley, those take like a good, like Joshua tree took an hour to drive through Death Valley could take up to like three hours to drive through. You just don't want to run into a scenario where you are like not where you don't have a low snack available or just when you're like, when you're anxious about not having enough. So I definitely overpacked low snacks and I'm okay with that. Um, I had my fanny pack uh, full of them. I had our backpack full of them. Um, just always really prepared. So some things that I packed, uh, glucose SOS, if you don't use that powder, it is so amazing for just quick, get your blood sugar up. Um, it's just a powder. Like think of like a pixie stick. That's basically how it tastes. Uh, it's great. Pits your blood sugars right up. I don't spike from it. It's, it's amazing. Um, so definitely check them out if you haven't already. Also things like Lara bars, uh, because I, I just really like those ingredients. And I think it has a good makeup to bring my blood sugars up, juice boxes, apple squeezies. I always feel like I sound like a toddler when I'm talking about those, but apple squeezies are amazing for low blood sugars. Um, just stockpiling on them, like have, have enough where you, you don't need to worry if you have enough, like you just know that you have enough. 
And then of course supplies. So like that is probably the hardest thing to pack for because you just never know what situation you're going to run into. You never know if you're going to have a pharmacy nearby. Um, and for me, like I'm notorious for always something always happens when I'm away. Uh, whether it's like my meter breaking, my pump breaking, my debts calm, uh, not having a backup, my transmitter, like all these things, like it just always happens. So this is the one thing where I like made sure to double what I actually needed. So uh, like I packed uh, instead of like, you know, 21 day trip, that should hypothetically be two to three debts calm sensors because those last 10 days, no, excuse me, I packed I think I've had 10 or 12 <laughs> and that's because I do Deathscom restarts and I just had them and my uh, insurance company sends me 90 days supply. So I had them available. So I was like, I'm bringing these just because like you never know when they're going to get knocked off, when they're going to sweat off, which if your sensors are sweating off, definitely use Stingroup. <laughs> um, they are a sponsor behind the podcast if you're listening on here, but those are coming so clutch in the hot weather. Um, again, you can use my code Lissy for 10% off, um, but uh, packing extra sensors, packing extra, uh, I packed way more pods than I needed. So an Omnipod pod lasts about three days. Um, it lasts exactly three days. It doesn't let you go over. And so hypothetically that for 21 days would be seven. Uh, again, I think I packed like 12 <laughs> because you just never know. But along with that, like, you know, packing your insulin, but then like bringing back up for the supplies in case every, anything goes wrong. So I made sure to pack syringes in case my pod, my pump completely malfunctioned. I made sure to bring batteries as backup, test strips, uh, a backup meter, um, bringing your glucagon. Like you really want to make sure that you're prepared just because you never know. And again, in a situation like this where you are uh, like out in national parts and like you don't know exactly where pharmacies are or even other people like you want to make sure that you're prepared as possible um so that's exactly what i did um so it worked out really well coincidentally when i overpacked i didn't run into any issues with my supplies which just like go figure but again you never know um so that is basically how i handled this trip um i'm more than open to answering any questions if they pop in but again like the best thing that you can do for yourself in any high vari high variability scenario. So whether it's a vacation, whether it's holidays, whether it's like things like pregnancy too, like that's a high variability area. The, the best thing that you can do is understand your body and what it needs at different times, because that puts the power into your hands. You have all the ownership of saying, I know when I need to make an adjustment, or I just know when things are off and I need to have a conversation with the medical provider. Those are all really amazing times to have these tools in your back pocket. Um, so I hope that this served helpful for everybody um, because I know that this is a big conversation. It can be ooh, nasally. It can be really scary to try new things and to explore other areas, especially if you are like me, like I was diagnosed when I was 19. So traveling was definitely not, it was on the top of my list, but um, with being diagnosed, it quickly went to the bottom of it because I wanted to feel safe. I wanted to feel prepared. Um, but just know that it's possible. Like 21 days is a long time. I know other type ones who like have RVs and they travel across the country and that's what they do full time. Like if it's possible for me, it's possible for you. Um, and that's the best thing that 
really I can offer. Um, so yeah, I hope that this seemed, uh, hope that this served you in your journey. Uh, any questions that you have, please like either leave them in the comments on the training inside the Facebook group, or, um, you know, go ahead and message me on Instagram too. My Instagram is at needles and spoons underscore. I'm always willing to have these conversations. I think that the more tools and, um, experiences that you can learn from the more proactive you can be in your own journey. So that is what we have. Uh, thank you to everybody in the comments in the Facebook group, and I will be chatting with you soon. Have a great weekend. And thank you to everybody who joined in on today's podcast episode. Again, if you haven't already, go inside of your Facebook app on your phone, log in, go inside of the search bar, and search the T1D Judgment Free Zone by Lissy Pointer. Inside of this community, you'll have free access to a ton of trainings. I'm talking everything under the sun from myself and my coaching team. We're talking everything from nutrition, diabetes management, and just general life with diabetes, just like you heard inside of today's episode. Not only that, but you'll have free support and an entire community of other people living with diabetes so that you can get feedback, you can ask questions, and just all around have those people supporting you from a non-judgmental lens. Again, that's the T1D judgment-free zone on Facebook. Thank you again to Stingrip for sponsoring this episode. You can check out Stingrip at stingrip.com and use code LISSIE, L-I-S-S-I-E at checkout. And we will see you on next week's episode.